Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reach. This is your host, Jessica Van, founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group. And I have a dear old friend of mine and of Maven's, Miss Angela Wiley, in the studio. Hi, Angela. Good morning. Good morning. So great to be here. Thank I'm you. I'm so happy to see you. Such it is an honor. lovely to reconnect with you. Likewise. Angela's radiant energy had us at hello with her unwavering devotion, dedication, and thoughtful partnership with her executives. Her success and accomplishments come as no surprise to any of us who know her. Currently, Angela is the executive assistant to the SVP of America's Sales and the SVP of Global Corporate Sales at Equinix which is the major global data center company for those who don't know. Yes. Throughout her career, Angie has supported the who's who of C-level executives at companies like Apple, Facebook, Electronic Arts, Zynga, and Inkling. Close your eyes, pick a tech company off a map of Silicon Valley, and pretty much it's safe to say you've supported somebody there. (laughs) She's laughing. Not only is Angie a pro EA with the logos and the pedigree to prove it, but she's also worked with her share of newly minted leaders and executives who have never had support before. As EAs, we all know it can be an incredible challenge to train your executive on how to leverage you or utilize you or even understand what it is that you do. So it's this area in particular of Angie's background that we're going to dig into and really speak to in this episode of Reach. To kick us off with this conversation, your former CEO at Inkling once wrote a blog about the transformative power that an EA and executive relationship can make and have. And the piece, which I read, was nothing short of like a love poem slash ode (laughs) to you (laughs) and these incredible um, and monumental lifts that you were able to achieve on his behalf. So having never experienced the wonders of EA support before, your executive at the time, Matt, at Inkling, was literally blown away by how much value you brought to his life. When you took the job at Inkling and and, in supporting him, what appealed to you about working for an executive who was relatively new in his executive career and also who had never had an EA before? Such a great question. And I look back um, on their drive down this morning, actually, and thinking about Matt. And I think what I loved the most about Matt was just in the interview process and his openness, willingness to want to learn how to utilize an EA. And that was the key right there. How do we be partners as opposed to how are you going to come in, work for me, get me my coffee or whatever those things are? Um, it was a it was a partnership. And he was eyes wide open. You know, like, what do we need to do? And, and how are we going to get there? And was really invested in the process. And that was, I'd never seen that before. And I was like, oh, okay. He's smart. He's funny. He's willing to learn, and that was like, okay, this is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I can do this. He was like, mold me, mold me, teach me, teach me. He was. He was yeah. awesome. Well, and I think like 
two, that requires a level of humility on his part in saying, you know, I don't know this particular area, right? I have yeah. expertise in some things, clearly. Yeah. He's the founder of a successful company. But in this in this respect, I don't. Yeah. And it's I don't think you always find that. You can find a lot of relatively new founders and new leaders, but they don't always have the humility to recognize and take a step, take a, to take a back seat yep. and say, you know, and this is in this area, I'd like for you to be the driver. Yeah, no. And I think that was, you know, very adamant from day one. And it wasn't just I interviewed with him one time. I mean, we met several times. And again, it was showing that investment up front made me realize that that was going to happen continuously. Um, and again, I'd never seen that in somebody who had never experienced having an EA. He had no idea what he was in for. I was like, you sure you want to do this? <laughs> He's like, yeah, let's do it. And it was great. So when you're an executive assistant to an executive who has never had support before, your role clearly takes on a, a different kind of flavor and, and tone in that you know you become both an ally to the executive but you also become their coach in many ways, if they're willing, right? If they're yeah. like a Matt who's willing to be coached and to be taught. So how do you think of how do you think of an EA who is thrust into that coaching seat? Like whether that's your choice or just the situation that you find yourself in, how do you think an EA in that coaching seat can be most effective in helping to shape a first-time leader? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at it as such an opportunity. I mean, there's such so much growth in that, not just as an individual, but also helping him develop in a way that's going to be best for the culture of the company. And that, I think, for me, looking back and having the great culture that I work in now, is helping develop him along the way and representing him in the organization. And how do you do that with him? Again, you have to be open to the coaching. He had a coach, right? And I met with her and worked with her to help that process. And what are some of the things that, as you're wearing that coaching hat, um, what are some of the things that you think are mo- uh, that what are some of the things that that you think a first time or new executive needs coaching on? Like, what are some of the kind of typical things that come up? Yeah, I think just letting go is a big one. You know, I think you have to just allow the process to happen authentically. What I hear in that, and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but what I hear in that is delegation, right? Yes, absolutely. He had to learn how to let go. He had to learn how to delegate. He had to learn what he could comfortably hand off and how to really rely on and leverage his team. I think that's a, that's a big one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I really like how you frame that in that this is a chance to to really shape this person. And if you can show them and lead them toward the light, like that's an incredible gift. And the other thing I just want to say about the coaching thing is that, yes, like a lot of these executives have professional coaches, right? I I think it's kind of like comes with the territory. But I think what's really unique and interesting about the EA as coach is that you actually work with them day in, day out. You eat, live, breathe, smell, Everything together, everything, right? Everything. And that coach is kind of like, you know, they're there either like, you know, they come in monthly, yep. maybe weekly. It's it, what they're seeing is kind of a very specific short term lens on yes. the relationship. It is not the day in, day out, day in, day out. That's where you really get to know somebody, right? Absolutely. It's those consistent interactions, those patterns that consistently show up. So, 
once again, I feel like the EA, the EA as a coach for the executive is such a good, you know, um, ground for that. Absolutely. And there's so much accountability, too. I mean, I think what I loved about Matt so much was he was so accountable for, you know, his actions, his thoughts, and was very raw and genuine about what was going on with him. I mean, I think that's the other thing is you have to trust somebody you work with. He needed to build that trust. We needed to build that trust. And the only way that happened was by communicating, sitting in a room, talking about things. But you also, it's a legacy that I wanted to leave behind too. And that's kind of how I've since Inkling have lived my journey. How do I want to live that legacy? And people say my name and it's like, oh, I remember her. Or, you know, Matt will hopefully think of me and say, oh my gosh, those were some great days. And it's, you have an opportunity to live a legacy and to build a legacy, not just with the company, but the entire staff, the organization, the board members. How is that reflection of Matt? And I just, I I always take that to heart in any role that I've played is, when people say Matt McInnes and then they say my name. And what I love, too, about Matt was, where's my boss? You know, <laughs> like it wasn't the other way. It was, it, was, it was truly, truly a friendship and a strategic partnership all the way around. On a related note, have you ever felt intimidated <laughs> when you were offering up advice or direction to an executive? Because as we mentioned <laughs> in your intro... These are some who's who's, right? These are some people with some serious pedigrees, serious credentials, um, possibly some serious egos. I don't know. I said it, not you. So, you know, having to having to confront somebody like that, um, have you ever felt a little bit intimidated uh, about that? And if so, how did you kind of deal with that? Yeah. Uh, every day. I mean, it's, again, incredibly blessed and grateful for the journey that I've had and the executives I've had the opportunity to work with. Still get, like, lump in the throat, like, pit in your stomach. But I think the going back to the coaching part of it is you really have to believe that you can add value to a conversation or a situation. Um, I don't always give the feedback, but when I do, it's either something that I'm very passionate about that they're aware of, something they're very passionate about that I'm aware of. Um, it's, It's calling it what it is. It's being your true, again, authentic self and not being afraid and lean in and say, I care about you, the business, where we're going, the mission, all of it. So I'm going to say this in the way that I'm hoping you'll hear it correctly or mm-hmm. you'll find, you know, a lesson in it. Um, and it was always said in the, in the matter of I care and I want to help. There's a difference when you can say something to somebody and it's taken like, oh, that didn't sound very good or feel very good. Sitting back and looking back now, it's like I have the right, <laughs> at least I feel the respect to be able to share and help and coach the executives I work for because I set the ground rule from really day one and say, mm-hmm. this is what I'm here to do for you. So what would be, just as an example, like what, yeah. what might have been a situation where you would have gone to your executive or your superior or whatever and said, hey, are, are you, you know, I want to give you some input on something. Yeah, I think most recently at Equinix, um, I think when I first started working uh, for the CEO, an opportunity came up about having uh, an opportunity to go to a, a trip. And knowing that the executive assistants behind me obviously weren't going to get to go. And there was just that feeling in my gut that I was like, I don't think it's right for me to go and have this opportunity to be without them. So I said, I 
would love to stay back, work with the team, take them on an offsite, and it had never been done before. And so I just took a chance because it was something that I knew that would help down the road and build the team up, not just me, but for him. And he said, you're right, Angie, this is a good opportunity for you to stay back and help a team member. And it was all about work. And so there are times where you have to have those courageous conversations and they're very hard to have when you think, God, is there going to be so many ramifications for me to stick my neck out? But again, it goes back to having value in what you do every day. And that's help the team, help the the company, the mission, the plan. Have you ever found in your in your years of experience, have you ever found an executive who just didn't really get it? Like, you know, you would share with them, hey, I think it would really be, a, you know, valuable if we could, um, you know, whatever, have uh, daily briefings. And for this and this and this reason, or I really need visibility into these and these and these areas so I can more effectively align your priorities and schedule, you know, to your OKRs or whatever. And they just they just weren't receptive. And, and you tried to really, you know, um, get them into a place where they were more um, willing to be more vulnerable or willing to be more open. And they just weren't having it. Like, have you ever run into that type of a situation when you're trying to shape an executive? Yes, I did have one of those uh-huh. <laughs> in my career that didn't work. And again, I think you have to you have to be honest about that. You have to be, I'm here for you. I'm here to help life be better. If you don't want to have that, that's great, but that's not going to work for me. That's not going to make me thrive. It's not going to make me empowered. Um, and again, I was not able to have those kinds of conversations until later. I'd probably still be working for that boss if, if I would have been able to be courageous mm. and vulnerable in those moments. Because it is scary at times when you're like, this is a very powerful person. How am I going to go in and tell them what they need to do? It, and it, again, goes back to you have to have the right personality, the right executive to work for in order for that to happen. If it doesn't work... I hate to say it, but it's kind of a lose-lose. You can't you can't do your job effectively if you don't have someone open to allowing them to be that partner. So going back to, okay, what are the things that really stump first-time founders? I mean, you mentioned one earlier, this idea of letting go and delegating. Like that's, I think, a super common one of they're used to running the universe. Yeah. They're used to not having necessarily somebody to rely upon and to have their back. So that that instinct to reach out or to give you or somebody else things may not be, you know, fully formed, right? They just they haven't they haven't developed that. Um, What other things tend to bog them down typically that you've noticed? Yeah, I think the back to back to back meetings I think people think if I'm in a meeting and I'm I'm it's constant that it, that's the best thing and it's not always the best thing. You know, showing them like managing the schedule said that there's a break in between. You can sit down and think about what you just meeting you came out of, what notes, what action items, those kinds of things and just being able to tell them time out. No. Saying no to an executive is really hard. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you're not going to do that. Why are you not going to do that? Well, because you have now to drive across town that you didn't remember that you needed to do. And it's like, oh, and then you have a meeting at, you know, five o'clock down in the peninsula. And it's really bringing forth the information that they're not even thinking about. You know, it's staying on top of things all the time for them. 
So what I hear in that is helping them be more realistic about what they can actually do and accomplish. Yes. Because, I mean, by nature, I think these are highly driven, highly ambitious people. Very much. Who, who, again, like, what do they say? Your greatest strengths are also your greatest weaknesses. Like, it can also be the case that they bite off more than they can chew. Yeah. And so helping them really understand their limitations and what's actually setting themselves up to be successful versus falling short and creating frustration and bottlenecks yeah. for everyone around them. Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, it's 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 a time thing. I think they have to be able to see that there's advantage in having an EA come on board and managing them. And they are having more time. They are able to go home and have dinner with their family. They are able right. to go work out. Um, and that things are moving along smoothly. But I think there's a lot of proactivity that has to happen in that role. Um, I think you have to really sit down and take, again, a lot of notes and action items for yourself and make, you know, hard decisions that you think are going to be best for them. But anticipation is my favorite word, because if I can anticipate before they ask for something, then I'm doing a good job. There's so many times that a client will come to us and they say, well, I need an EA. And you're like, okay, well, great. You know, like what, what's prompting this? And and sometimes it's people that have truly had kind of a humbling, you know, moment where they just realize that they're in over their head, right? They're 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 in the deep they're in the, the deep end of the ocean or yeah. deep end of the pool and they just they're struggling. Sometimes it's because of that. But sometimes it's because, you know, maybe like an investor or someone on their board is like, You need an EA and you know, you're this is a mess. You need an EA. And they don't necessarily, they haven't really internalized or grasped why that may be, but they're just sort of following, you know, the recommendation of, well, you know, so-and-so who I respect said I need this, so I'm going to reach out and I'm going to, you know, get this because it's been recommended to me. So sometimes when they come to us, they're they're kind of at a loss as to um, how to really articulate or understand what their needs are and their challenges are. Um, they don't really know how to think about onboarding an EA. They don't. They know that they're struggling, but they don't know what the solution is or how to get the relief that they're seeking. They want to feel relief, but they just don't really know. Like it's a disconnect, right? Yeah. How do I get from this th- where I am right now to feeling better? What are the steps in between? And yeah. so I'm curious, like you know, if if this was you having this conversation with this executive that doesn't really know why they need an EA, but they but they think that they do because somebody told them they do. What? How would you approach that conversation and really help them understand what their needs are and how an EA would benefit them? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I almost love what you do because I think it would be so great to now after having all this experience to be able to go in and have these conversations with some of these executives and say, what are your struggles? What What is your wish list for your day? What does your day look like now that you just don't want to deal with anymore? Or what 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 is that one you come in and there's this person that's, you know, can manage all your, your, your tasks, your meetings, your phone calls, all that stuff. Like just get them to get out really what really they're looking for. You know, what type of personality? I think, again, I cannot stress this enough, is when you have the right personality fit between the executive assistant and the executive, sky is the limit. I mean, I don't think there's anything, and I've experienced it myself. It's just, you know, the communication is great. It's not always easy, but it's um, the personality is the biggest thing 
I can stress about a, a new executive wanting to find that perfect fit because if you don't have the right personality fit, it's just it won't last. I think it's 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 the honeymoon phase, and you think you can get in there and you can show them all the things you can on a tactical manner, but um, it it will fail. It will fail. <laughs> I yeah. hate to say it, but it will, yeah. and it has. Um, and just you know, using the, as, as a sponge and just understanding um, the things that they really wish they had and that they don't have currently. You know, what are the things that would just make them more successful in their day to day, month to month, year to year, um, and how to influence them. Mm-hmm. to want to work with someone who can take all that stress away so that they can right. focus on the greater right. good. I like that. And I, I think that <clears throat> I, I tend to follow a similar approach of like, let's start really big picture. Like just wh- what is your vision yeah. for how you want to show up in life yep. and show up in your company and show up with your team? Like don't, I guess, removing the responsibility from them of having to find the solution. Yes. But just saying, let, don't worry about the solution. Right. Let's not get bogged down on that. Yeah. You know, that's one problem you don't have to solve. Exactly. But let's just talk about what you want. Like yeah. what what feels better right. to you? What is What do you imagine? Like when you close your eyes and, and envision how life could be better or how you want to be showing up differently – what what what's on your plate and what's not on your plate? You yeah. know what what is what is preventing you from living that life right now, or what is what are the impediments to that existence? You yeah. know, and just kind of almost reversing into it that way. Yeah. For um, sure. So, what are some of the rewards that you've experienced <sighs> that Lord. come with supporting a first time founder? I mean, other than the fact that you get like a love letter written on what wasn't it? Isn't it on the medium or something? I feel like it's like this. I think it was written on. It was Sequoia. Was we were? Ah, it was yeah, Sequoia. it was Sequoia. They were. Okay. They did like a newsletter. I okay. actually did pull it up last week. I was like, oh, Matt. <laughs> yeah, right. I I would like to have a letter like that just to pull out when you have a bad day and you're right? like, oh man, I am the best. <laughs> so that's cute. amazing. So clearly, oh. that's one reward for you know supporting a first time person. So. I'd love to hear for, from from you and just for the benefit of our listeners, like what are the things that have really um, been so positive that have emerged for you and, and from supporting first-time founders? And on the contrary, like what are some of the, you know, kind of natural challenges that have that have been a part of those relationships? Yeah, and I would say, you know, the biggest reward in all of these roles uh, throughout my career have, have been the relationships along the way. It's been building relationships with Founders, board members, executives, uh, people that I wouldn't probably have been introduced to had I not been at a particular level. Um, you know, there somebody had shared with me when I was uh, going through some coaching. It's you know, it's not always knowing everything, but it's knowing a lot of little things, right? So if you're in a room, it's very intimidating when you're with all these people and you're like, I'm not at this level, you know, probably education-wise. But for me, it was just really sitting back and going, I could learn so much from each individual. And so every opportunity that I, I say it as an opportunity, because every opportunity I've had in my career, it's just, what do I want to take away from each experience, whether it's each board member, or board meeting, or offsite, you know, one of the biggest rewards is, you know, I've been able to travel, I've traveled so much and have been able to go a lot of cool places. And, um, 
But the one thing for me, and I would say an opportunity for me sitting right here is, you know, the relationship that I've built with with Maven and you and, you know, people along my career and be able to go back to those people and say, oh, I helped that person or I helped this person. And so I've really embraced um, the learnings and the relationships, the biggest, the challenges, I think, for me was, um, you know, feeling like I deserve to be in the room with some of the executives. Because mm. I know as an EA, it's, again, it goes back to, oh, you're just the EA. You're just somebody that, you know, does the calendar and those kinds of things. And putting yourself in a position um, to be vulnerable and scared and courageous and say, I'm going to sit shoulder to shoulder with some of these executives and and deserve to be here. And what am I going to learn in the process? You know, what am I going to take away? And you don't always have to say a lot of things, but I think it's um, you are a representation of who you support and I always took that, and I still take that very seriously. Um, and so for me, the reward is just the learning along the way in the process and knowledge and information and how can I take this and help somebody who is an up-and-comer and who wants to learn how to be shoulder-to-shoulder in a room and not feel intimidated. As a parent as well, I think that's a really <laughs> powerful lesson to be able to teach not letting other people dictate where you belong or don't belong and and like that whole sense of that I, that idea right yes. of being able to say you know I actually belong here yes. and and I'm going to take a stance and demonstrate why I belong here maybe I don't belong here in the capacity of the CFO, right? But that's not the capacity that you're suggesting you should be in the room for, right? Exactly. And exactly. I think that's a really powerful. So I remember um, being young, like probably like 15 or 16, and there was this um, bathing suit in the window of the store that I just like really was just freaking out over. This bathing suit was just everything. <laughs> And it was an expensive store, and I had no business, or so I thought I had no business admiring anything in that window because I was like, I can't afford it. I'm 15 years old. I like work in a smoothie store like for <laughs> part-time. Like I, I have no business going into the store. But I was ogling this bathing suit. Oh, I just wanted that bathing suit. And my mother said, well, go on in. Go on in and try it on. And I was like, no, I can't go in there. Like I don't have the I – I can't afford the bathing suit. And she was like – you're going to like let that store tell you like whether you belong in there or not. Like if you want something and you feel like you can go in that store, who cares? Like nobody gets to tell you what store you can walk into or not walk into. You go in that store and you ask to try in the bathing suit. (laughs) And and it was like this, like, like kind of like this light bulb moment for me where I was like, wow, like how I, I get to, I get to determine where I belong and what my value is. I don't look to others to tell me that, you know? So great. And I think that's a, like a really important lesson too in, at, for EAs in this, in this work and in this field because naturally you're going to confront that a lot. It's just there's always going to be that, that hierarchy and that dichotomy between your executives and the executive assistant. But it's just a question of like, do you see yourself as the rightful air to those room, yes. to those conversations or not. Exactly. And I think, again, it goes back to being presented by your executive that you deserve to be in that room. And I have had that, right? It's like, I deserve to be next to whoever. And that was presented to itself early on. And the, the, the empowerment that I had um, and the motivation behind that just made me be more confident. I mean, I've always had all my bosses, you know, I 
didn't get to go to college. I didn't have that opportunity. Um, but that never made them believe that I didn't deserve to be in that room. And it's very, it's very comforting and, and welcoming on top of that to be able to go, wow, I'm supported because I don't have that educational background to be in this room. This is amazing. And so you, you become more motivated, you know, to do a better job. And again, it goes back to the what legacy do you want to leave behind with this person or this company um, to be remembered by? And I think I've been doing this a long time and it's still humbling for me. I mean, I still am very humble to have had the 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 companies that I've worked for and I don't ever think that I know everything. I mean, I'm still learning even to this day and I want to learn. I think that's mm-hmm. the best part. You know, I still roll up my sleeves and say, "Okay, we're going to go do this." Um, and so you have to have humility in yeah. everything you do and yeah. be kind and things don't always go your way, but you have the influence in order to help people do it the right way at that level. Yeah. I really like that. I think that's been a a theme throughout this whole conversation that you've mentioned a couple of times is this idea of legacy Mm -hmm. and really approaching every role that you've you've held as an opportunity to um, impart your legacy. And I think if you if you think about it in that way, as opposed to just, you know, this is a job, I'm going to, you know, whatever, be here for a few years. But if you really think about what is the legacy I want to leave, either in how you help shape that executive, yeah. how, you know, how you guys build your your rapport. Maybe you, you know, maybe you leave them with something really impactful and and influential in their executive career and how they continue to navigate as an executive. Like that's a profound legacy. And I think when you think of it in those terms, it really does give it a level of of importance. Absolutely. Um, as opposed to just I'm going to be here for a minute, collect some some paychecks and, (laughs) you know. Everything is an opportunity. You know, it's all learning. And I think as you have the mindset to continue to learn, it it helps. It definitely helps. I mean, there are those days, don't get me wrong, where I'm like, okay, how much longer do I want to do this? But I always find my way back to, you know, being in this role because you get to, you do get to lead by example. You do get to influence other people. Final question for you, Angie. Oh, boy. If you could support anyone in the world throughout the course of history and time, who would you choose to support and why? It's funny because my daughter and I were going back and forth trying to, you know, I was asking her, I was like, who who should mommy put for this? And her first answer was me because you're going to support me when I, you know, go off and do great things. And I said, I'd happily do that. You're like, I already do that. Yeah. <laughs> Every day I'm your mom. <laughs> um, you know, there's... So I have two, actually. Okay. The first one, not so much back in history, but I've always had, if I had the opportunity to work for anyone, it would be Tyler Perry. I just think he is, just talk about humble, you know, and the things that he has done for humanity and, and just what he's what he stands for. I just think that he would just be so awesome to work for and be around every day. There is another group of five people that I would love to support, and that is the Fab Five. Mm. Um, uh, Jonathan Cuomo from, um, I don't know if you've seen the show, um, Queer Eye. Amazing. (laughs) All of them. I want to work for all of them because talk about inspiration. I mean, they do. They, they inspire so many people and turn lives around and pull people out of, you know, bad places and, 
the influential they have is just I, I cry every time I watch that show and every time I see Jonathan on TV my daughter loves him I mean they're just they're amazing and again to be around that kind of environment every day would just be would be awesome <laughs> so those are my that. those are my two yeah that's great yeah well this has been as I knew it would be such a pleasure to Thank see you. you again and have you sit down with us and share your thoughts on what has been a really, really impressive and wonderful career. And you've always, you've always been such a grounded, humble, kind human. And I, I really um, appreciate everything you shared with us today about legacy and really like owning that and just, I think, approaching your work from a place of, of care and regard and um so anyway thank it's been you. really lovely having you thank you so much it's for being been a part pleasure of jessica thank you for having me it's so good to see you too reach is brought to you by maven recruiting group who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the bay area's most prominent executives and companies if you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community We're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.